three-minute Christmas party, and you adults can't can't go over there. You're stuck here. You have to listen to me for about 30 minutes. But the word of God's good, and uh, I see Santa Claus is still coming to church. He's still saved. He I don't know if any of you remember, but several years ago he showed up one Sunday morning, and I preached on why Jesus is better than Santa, and he got saved. And uh, he's back here this morning, still bowing to the Lord. So that's a good thing, isn't it? When you know Santa is saved and sure, so so that's a good thing. Hey, I want to talk to you today just for uh, about 30 minutes. And if you listen quick, we'll get done sooner. So it depends on how fast you listen. About God's greatest gift, of course, is Jesus. We understand that. Uh, but there may be somebody here today that doesn't know that. You know, God's greatest gift is Jesus. And uh, uh, notice in John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He what? He gave His only begotten Son. Did you know that Jesus is the only, I'll put it this way, the only thing that God had only one of? Did you ever think about that? His only begotten Son. Jesus was the only thing is not the right way to say it. The only one that, the only person that God had only one of. How many of you know he's got many angels? You know, and he's got many streets of gold and all of that. But he only had one son, the most precious thing that he had. And he gave his only begotten son. And did you ever think about this? A gift, and we'll say more about this in just a moment. A gift is free to the receiver. A gift is free to the receiver, but can be quite costly to the giver. Quite costly to the giver. And all you have to do, you can go ask some fellow that's been in love with a girl, you know, and he's gone out and bought her a whatever. And have any of you guys ever been in love with a girl, you know, and you, you went out and you bought her something and, and, and you didn't have any of your paycheck left. And it was very, you know, it was free to her. But it cost you a whole bunch. Is, is that right? I know. I, I, I did that with, with Diane when she was my girlfriend a couple of times. I wondered, where did that paycheck go, you know? And, but it was costly to me, but it was free to her. But you know, if you really love somebody, you'll give your best. And God so loved the world that he gave the best that he had. He gave his only begotten son. Now notice in Isaiah 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 verse 6. says, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And, and uh, if you think about that. Notice the child was born. But the son was given. The child was born. Notice, unto us. God gave Jesus unto us. This is talking about His humanity and His deity. The child was born. That's His humanity. The Son was given. You see, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And when it says here, the Son is given... See, that's talking about his deity, co-equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But then, of course, he was born in Bethlehem, the child, his humanity. The Bible teaches us that God took on human flesh. That's the story of Christmas, real story, true story. 
the second member of the Godhead, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But you see, Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, he took on flesh. The Bible says in John's Gospel account, the Word, that's the second member of the Trinity, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so a child is born, his, talking about his humanity, a son is given, talking about his deity. Jesus is the unique person of the ages. Nobody like him. The only human being that can, the only, only person that can, can lay his hand on humanity and on deity. And of course the Bible goes on to say in verse 6, the government will be upon his shoulder. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. You need to realize Jesus is Mighty God. You study the Bible and you'll see that, that Jesus created everything. He's the Creator. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So having said that, let me ask you a question. When was Jesus given? When was He given? Now, many people think that He was given in Bethlehem. But that's when the child was born in Bethlehem. They just... I wonder if it looked like that. I don't know. That's when the child was born, but the son was given. Does anybody know when the son was given? No. Huh? I heard it back there. Yeah, look at Revelation 13.8. They'll put it on the screen. He was given... Now, yes, yeah, somebody said Calvary, and that, that's certainly true. But what we're talking about here and now is, when did God actually give His Son? We think Bethlehem, and certainly there's a truth there. That's when, that's when the second member of the Trinity took on humanity and was born in Bethlehem. But God actually gave His Son. Notice the last part of that verse. It calls Him the Lamb, what? The Lamb slain and that talks about Calvary where he died on the cross the lamb slain from the foundation of the world Jesus was given God gave him from the foundation of the world you see God knew before he ever put man now think about this this is how wonderful God is before he ever put man in the garden of Eden before he ever put Adam and Eve in there he knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin. He knew they were going to mess up. Yet God put them in there anyway, knowing they were going to mess up, and God had a plan for their mess up before He ever put them in there. Isn't that wonderful? See, God didn't make up the plan of salvation and give Jesus after the fact, but before the fact. The Bible said God knows the end from the beginning. God is so good, He knew man was going to mess up, but He had a plan for his mess up before He ever put him in the... Garden of Eden. That's how wonderful God is. So when was, when was the Lamb actually given? Before the what? The foundation of the world. You know, God, I, I just feel impressed to say this. God has a, has a, has a, He has a plan for our mess up before we ever mess it up. Isn't He wonderful? Maybe you're here today and you're messed up in some way, but God had a plan for your mess up before you ever messed it up. That's why we need to follow Him and lean on Him. 
So, so Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So when was he given again? He was given from the foundation of the world. That's when the son was given. When was the child born? In Bethlehem. But now let me ask you this. Why was Jesus given? What was the reason? Well, you can find that in 1 John 3, 8. Why was he given? For what specific purpose was he given? In 1 John 3, 8, it will be on the screen. The last part of that verse says, it gives us the answer. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. And to really fully understand this, we have to go back to the Garden of Eden. And for the sake of time, I'll just summarize this. God made man of the dust of the ground, breathed into him the breath of life. Man became a living being. Then at some point he put him to sleep, took a rib out of his side, made the woman. How many remembers that? And so you have Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And God told, told him, he said, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll not eat, eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, you'll surely die. And of course, Satan, you know, the devil, he came in and, and the serpent cooperated with him. And apparently he entered the serpent and spoke to the woman and deceived her. Adam standing right there side of her, let it go on. And she ate of the fruit, whatever the fruit was. She ate of the fruit, gave to Adam. He ate of the fruit. And the moment that, that they ate of that fruit, they died they died spiritually. In other words, their spirits were cut off from the life of God. Then many, many, many years later, they died physically. You understand that. And also there was a part of that death that you have to understand was eternal separation, complete and eternal separation from God for eternity in the lake of fire. We, we, we call it hell. How many of you know that's a bad deal? See, that's, that's a horrible thing. But when was the lamb slain? He was slain from when? The foundation of the world so you see adam and eve messed up and when they messed up in the garden and they ate of that tree they died spirit soul body they died every way that you could die spiritually and then many years later physically and then eventually they would would have to spend eternity in hell and you see that's one thing that it affected them but how many of you know we're all descendants of adam and eve aren't we and so so when they sinned in the garden, it affected not only them, but it affected all of their lineage. It affected you and me. And because of what they did in the garden, we were going to have to spend eternity in hell. Is it? I, I, that's not a good thing, is that? That's a bad. That's 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 a bad thing. It's a bad thing. How many of you know they messed up, didn't they? But Jesus came that he might destroy what the work of. The devil. You see, the devil did a work in the Garden of Eden, and he did a work in Adam and Eve and caused them to sin, tempted them, they yielded, and when they did, it cost greatly. It, it, it affected us all. And notice, if you would, Genesis 3.15 because right after man sinned, right, I mean, right after he sinned, right after mankind fell, see, God, see, that didn't surprise God. He knew it was going to come. Somebody asked me one time, and many people have asked me over the years, they said, well, why did God put that tree in the garden? Why did he put that tree in there? And the answer is so simple. 
He put that tree in there because God does not want a race of robots serving Him because they have to. God wants a race of people that serve Him because they want to. Did you get what I just said? And the only way to have that be possible is there has to be a choice. And that's why God put the tree in the garden to give man a choice. See, I don't want my wife with me because she has to be with me. I want her to be with me because she wants to be with me. That's what love is all about. How many of you know that God didn't have to... Now, you study your Bible, you'll see God didn't have to give us Jesus. He, He didn't have to. He didn't have to do that. But because he's so gracious and so good and so wonderful and because he loved it, didn't, didn't we read that John 3.16? For God so what? Loved the world. He gave. And that's why he put the tree in the garden. He put the tree in the garden to give man a choice. And God knew that man would choose wrong. And he did. But God had a plan Before man ever sinned. And he had that plan from when? The foundation of the world. And so right after Adam and Eve sinned. God already had that plan. That sin didn't catch God by surprise. And notice in Genesis 3.15. God comes in the garden. And he preaches Jesus to Adam and Eve. He actually preaches the gospel to him. Did you know people have asked me over the years, they say, well, we know how you get saved in the New Testament. You get saved by receiving Jesus. How do you get saved in the Old Testament? You know you get saved in the Old Testament the exact same way that you get saved in the New Testament. You get saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has been preached from Genesis 3.15 all the way down to the present hour. Can anybody say amen? Oh, yeah. Somebody said, well, yeah, they got saved in the Old Testament by keeping the law. No, no, the Bible tells us in the New Testament by the works, the works of the law, the deeds of the law, no, ju- no flesh shall be justified in his sight. Nobody could keep the law. The Bible says if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. And besides, Abraham lived some 400 years before the law, and the Bible said he got justified not by keeping the law, though we, we ought to keep the law, but, but get, he got justified by faith. Real loud, say by faith. We'll say more about that in a minute. So in Genesis 3.15, God comes in there and, and preaches Jesus to Adam and Eve. Notice he says, I will put enmity between you. Now, now God's talking to the serpent here. And he said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman... Between your seed and her seed. Now, right there, you've got the virgin birth. You ought to make a note in your Bible. Her seed is talking about the virgin birth. How many of you know Jesus was born of a virgin? Now, if he wasn't born of a virgin, Christianity falls apart. But thank God he was born of a virgin. And right there, you see, her seed. Women don't have seed. Women don't have seed. Now, I'm not a gynecologist, but I've studied enough about it. That women don't have seed, the seed is in the man. So right there, God is talking about Jesus, he's talking about the virgin birth. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, Between he's talking about the devil here and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you'll bruise his heel. Now right there, you also see not only the virgin birth, but you see the death and, and of course, the, the resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice when it says, He, 
uh, will bruise your heel. See, that's talking about when, when Jesus was crucified and so on and so forth. And he'll bruise your heads talking about the resurrection. You see, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And we have that right here in Genesis 3 and 15. And now notice again her seed. Now at Christmas time, you see, we talk much about the virgin birth, and we should. A lot of times people don't understand the importance of the virgin birth as they should. Uh, it was part of the plan of God. You see, the virgin birth was important because when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and him and Eve messed up, they were cut off from the life of God, as we said, and they became a slave to sin. A slave to sin, thus causing all mankind to be a slave to sin. You understand that? And so, you know, you need to realize this. A slave cannot free a slave. I said a slave, somebody that's a slave to something, can't free somebody else who's a slave to something. You have to have a free person, somebody that's free... To, to, to free to free the one that's bound. Did you hear did you hear that? And so Jesus was born of a virgin, and by being born of a virgin, he was free from that sin nature. He was free from that 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 uh, curse of sin that that uh, uh, all of mankind had in them. Because you see, we're all descendants of of Adam and Eve. But you see, when that virgin birth took place, do you see how that sin nature was bypassed? Do you see how God bypassed that? Do you see that? The virgin birth is vitally important. You have to have the virgin birth. You know there's a lot of people, there, there's some preachers in this land don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. You can't have Christianity if, if you don't have Jesus born of a virgin. Did you know that? He was born of a virgin. And the reason that is important, again, is by him being born of a virgin... God was able to bypass that sin nature. And so Jesus was born, and when he was born, he was born free of the sin nature. And the blood that flowed through his veins was sinless blood. Realize, say, sinless blood. Sinless blood. The Bible calls his blood precious and holy. Sinless blood. Realize, say, sinless blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen? Say it again. Sinless blood. You know, if it wasn't for that blood, you and I is going to hell. Did you know that? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. One of the quickest ways to get the devil stirred up is to start preaching on the blood of Jesus. The devil hates the blood. Remember in the Old Testament? Remember... Uh, in the Passover, remember that when the death angel went through the land and, 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 and God had Moses tell the people to, to put the blood of the, of, the, of the lamb, you know, and that lamb was a type of Jesus, you see, put the blood on the doorposts and the altar. And when the death angel came through the land, anybody that was in a house that was covered with the blood, uh, the death angel had to say Passover, had to pass over him. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe in the virgin birth. If you don't have the virgin birth, you don't, Christianity falls apart. Did you hear that? You have to have the virgin birth. And so we hear about the virgin birth at Christmas, yet so many people don't understand the importance of it. 
The virgin birth allowed God to bypass the sin nature. And thus Jesus, when he was born... See, you need to understand something. Jesus was not born so that we could have Christmas carols. As good as Christmas carols are. He was not born so that we could have a nice story to tell. As wonderful as that story is, as wonderful as these kids did. That's not why Jesus was born. He was born to die. He was born to die in your place and mine. Somebody said, Pastor, wait a minute. You're you're talking about Easter. It's Christmas time. How many of you know you can't have Easter without Christmas? And you can't have Christmas without Easter. How many of you know you need them both? But that virgin birth is vitally important because God bypassed the sin nature. And then the Bible says that, see, Adam in the garden was tempted and he messed up, didn't he? He ate. He yielded to the devil. Jesus, the Bible said, and by the way, the Bible calls Adam, He's the, in the garden, he's the first Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. And Jesus, the Bible said, was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Jesus was tempted every way you could be tempted, and he never sinned, not one time. How many of you glad he never sinned one time? Not once. Not one time. And so when he hung on that cross and he shed that blood, that blood that he shed was holy and precious. And the Bible said without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. There's no remission of sin. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But you see, if you wouldn't have had the virgin birth, then the blood that he shed up there wouldn't have been precious and holy. How many of you know there's nobody else could have died on that cross except Jesus and done us any good? You couldn't have, Moses couldn't die there, Elijah couldn't die there, Elisha couldn't die there, Jeremiah couldn't die there, Isaiah couldn't die there, Malachi couldn't die there. You understand that? King David couldn't die there, wouldn't do us any good. Peter couldn't have died there, Paul couldn't have died there, John couldn't have died there on the cross. The reason that Jesus could die there and it do us good is because he was born of a virgin and the blood that flowed through his veins was sinless, pure, precious, holy blood. Can you say amen? He was the lamb slain from when? The foundation of the world. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God for the virgin birth. And in Matthew one we'll just read it. It says here, the Bible says this, quoting, actually he's quoting Isaiah, the seventh chapter. He says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. How many of you really believe that? I, I believe that. The virgin was with child. How did that happen? Remember, uh, Gabriel came to Mary, presented the word of God to her, and she received the word, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost overshadowed her, and within her was conceived the Holy One. Amen. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, Jesus, though he was a prophet and a good man and a great teacher and all of that, he was all those things and more. But you see, he, he, he was not just the, the Son of God. He was God the Son. He's very God in human flesh. Can you say amen? God with us. And something else that I think that we need to point out here. God gave Jesus. Now let's see if you've learned anything. When did he give him? Before the foundation of the world. And you need to realize who he gave Jesus 
for? Now, of course, he gave him for us. Now, that's an easy answer. He gave him for us. But I think we need to read Romans, the fifth chapter, and the sixth verse. We'll read this in the Amplified Translation. It'll be on the screen, and then I'll explain it. I'll give you a good example. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for in behalf of the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, some might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Now, Think about this for a minute. And what this is saying is, and I'll just, I'll just give you an example to explain it. How many of you have children in here? Anybody, anybody have children? Okay, if you have, have children, just raise, let me see if you have children. Now, how many of you, let's just say that there's a cousin in your family somewhere. It's a nice, nice young person. And something happens to them and, and, and they've been sentenced to... Uh, and, 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 and something happened, and now they're, they're headed for the electric chair. How many of you would get on your cell phone and call, and call up and say, I'm going to volunteer to give my child in exchange for that child that's headed for the electric chair? How many, would anybody do that? So you wouldn't give up your child to save that wonderful cousin? You wouldn't do that. Okay, now, now let's just, let, let, let me ask you this. Let's just say that that, 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 that cousin that's headed for the, death, death, for the chair there, let's just say they were mean, nasty, cruel, rotten, worse, t- million times worse than Dennis the Menace. Nobody's ever heard of him, I guess. But they're just horrible, just, just terrible. Now would you give your child for that person? So you wouldn't any, it wouldn't matter how good or bad they were, you're not giving up your child in either event. Is that right? But you need to think about something. This, 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 will, this will make you, this, this is something about God, how wonderful he is. You need to think about this. Now, you wouldn't do that, neither would I. Give up our child for somebody else, particularly if they, they were bad. You wouldn't even do it if they was good, but we certainly wouldn't do it if they was bad. But you need to think about what God did. We were all sitting on death row. I said we was all sitting on death row. I said we was all sitting on death row, weren't we? That right? We was all sitting on death row. And what did he do? He gave the best he had. Is that something? Is that something? I don't know how you can be aware of that and not just fall in love with God. Something, isn't it? Jesus is a most wonderful gift given by a most wonderful gift giver. Now let's close this up by just talking a few minutes about this gift, how free it is. Look at Romans 5.18. Therefore, 
as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Now, who do you think that's talking about? That's talking about Adam, isn't it? Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. This is talking about women too, talking about mankind. As through one man's offense, judgment came to all mankind, resulting in condemnation or judgment. Even so, through one man's righteous act, who would that be? The, the what? The what? What kind of a gift? Did you know a gift, if it's really a gift, it's what? It's free. And it's so important, if you, if you have a Bible there, you might want to underline that word free. Because you know, see, man-made religion will teach you that you have to work for that gift. Do you hear me? There's a, there's a lot of denominations, quote-unquote Christian denominations, that will teach people from the pulpit that you have, this being the pulpit up here, this, you know, that you have to work for that gift. You've got to do something for that gift. But you need to realize as you study the Bible, there's nothing you and I can do put together on our best day to be able to earn that gift. You need to realize that. That's why it is FR is what? It's free. Now, it cost God everything he had. Remember I told you a while ago, a, a gift is free to the receiver, but it's costly to the giver. It cost God everything he had. But it's free to us. So through the one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Aren't you glad that the work that God did in Jesus, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, is greater than the work that the devil did in Adam and Eve in the garden? Isn't that wonderful? Now, real quickly, Romans 6.23, just to get this across to you. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but, I'm glad for the butts of the Bible, but, let's don't stop with reading half a verse here, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, is that a free gift? Of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And then notice Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8 says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the what? So is there anything we can do to earn it or work for it? Or No, it's the gift of God, the free gift. For by grace. What is grace? That's God's unmerited favor. Undeser- How many of you know we do- you got to realize this. We don't deserve Jesus, do we? We didn't deserve him, but God's good and he gave him anyway. Isn't that wonderful? That's what the grace of God is all about. And by grace you've been saved through what? Through faith. What does that mean? Just by believing in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. By grace you've been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. There's nothing you you and I could do put together that could earn salvation. It's the what? The what? The what? The Gift of God, look at verse 9 now, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Isn't that wonderful? So as great as God's gift is to mankind, listen to me, that gift must be received. That gift must be received. Just because Jesus was born of a virgin, 
And just because he lived a holy, sinless life, and just because he died upon the cross and shed his holy blood and was buried, and on the third day, I haven't said much about this, but I could and I should. It it, it really is more emphasized at Easter, but how many of you know on the third day, somebody came walking out that tomb and his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? He was raised from the dead. Glory to God. I said he was raised from the dead. I said he was raised from the D-E-A-D. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God forevermore. And as good as all that is. And and, and if you read your Bible, you'll see after he was raised from the dead, Mary came up to him and, and he said, Don't touch me. Right in accordance with Old Testament type. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my Father. The Bible says he, in the book of Hebrews, He ascended up into heaven and He presented that holy blood on the heavenly mercy seat. It was accepted by God the Father as payment for man's sin. Glory to God. And then Jesus sat down at the right hand of God on high. God called. The Father called Him God. Can you say amen? Whew, I get stirred up when I... Glory to God. As good as all that is... It's powerless in your life if you don't receive it. But once you receive it, that power of God goes into operation. Did you get what I just said? As good as his bird, the virgin birth, the sinless life, the death on the cross, the burial, the resurrection, all that. As good as it is, as powerful as it is. And the Bible says, listen to this, the Bible says righteousness has come upon all mankind... Come upon, but see the the key is not that it's come upon. You've got to get it inside you. Do you get what I just said? And the only way you can get that righteousness of God inside you is you have to say receive. You've got to receive that free gift. You've got to receive Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen? Look look at this if you wouldn't, and, and then look at this. John one twelve. John one twelve. I hope you're getting something out of this. But as many as what? Received him. That's talking about Jesus. As many as received him to them. See, even though righteousness has come upon everybody, it, it won't do you any good. Everything Jesus done, done. That's not good. You, it's not good English. I'm not an English teacher up here. I used to be a math teacher. But as good as what all that Jesus done is, it, it, it's powerless to you unless you what? Receive it. So righteousness come upon all people, but you see, it's come on you. You've got to get it in you. How do you get it in you? And then that's when it becomes powerful, is when you receive, realize, hey, receive. As many as received him, to them, to them gave he right or power to become children of God, even to those who what? Believe in his name. Do you know how you receive in the spirit realm? You receive in the spirit realm by believing. To believe is to receive in the spirit realm. That's how you receive anything from God, by believing. And listen to me, not in your, but in your. See, just because you, you, there's a lot of people got Jesus in their head and they die and go to hell. Did you hear what I just said? It's not enough to just, just well, I believe there is a God. The Bible says the devils also believe. The demons also believe in trouble. It's not enough to believe in, in Jesus with your head and grab a hold of him with your head. You've got to grab a hold of him where? In your heart. You hear me? Look at John 3.16 again in the Amplified Bible. 
For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whosoever believes in, and I like the way the Amplified puts it, notice, believes in what, what? Trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish. What does that mean? Won't go to hell. Isn't that wonderful? Come into destruction, be lost, but have what? Everlasting Eternal, everlasting life. But what do you have to do? You have to believe on Him. You have to receive Him. You ha- we read it a moment ago. You were saved by faith. Faith and believing, it's the same thing. By faith, by believing in your heart. Say, the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you have to do, if you're here today and you're not saved, and, 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 or you're not sure if you, are, if you are, all you have to do with, with, a, with a repentant heart, that just means a heart that says, I'm tired of the way I've been living. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or hell. I'm not sure. So I, I turn from, from my old life. I Repent means to change. And say, Jesus, come into my heart. And just that fast. Do you get what I just said? Just that fast. How fast? That fast. Jesus. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You study your Bible. Just Jesus, come into my heart. That quick. Faster than you can snap your eye. Faster than, faster than you can blink your finger. Glory to God. I'm telling you the truth. Fast is fast. Faster than you can snap your eye, faster than you can blink your finger. There, see, I got it right that time. <laughs> see, it's fast. It's fast. <laughs> Maybe it's fast. I never said it like that before. But I'm telling you what, he comes in there quick. As long as you got breath in your body. But the Bible says today is salva- today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. God hasn't promised a tomorrow to nobody. Jesus, come into my heart. Boom, that quick. He comes in there. Hear me? And this gift comes. And this is the last thing. I'll stop right here. This gift comes with change. 2 Corinthians 5.17. In that moment of time. You receive Jesus. The Bible says God translates you out of the kingdom of darkness and brings you over into the kingdom of His dear Son. And once He does that, see this gift of Jesus comes with change. A lot of people think, I've got to change and then I'll receive Jesus. No, 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 no. You come just as you are. How many remember those Billy Graham choirs singing a great song, Just As I Am? You come just as you are. And you come to Him just as you are, and you call on His name, you believe on Him. The Bible says if we'll believe in our heart that God's raised Him from the dead and confess Him with our mouth, we'll be saved. Look at this. If anyone is in Christ, He is what? A new creation. You come to Jesus, you receive that gift. That gift will change you from the inside out. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Maybe you're here today and things have gotten old and you're tired of living that old life and the same old stuff and the same... I tell you what, old, you receive Jesus, old things will pass away and all things will become new and all things will be of God. It's a good deal, isn't it? Well, stand with me if you would. I hope you got something out of this today. I trust that you did. I know by faith you did. Stand with me and bow your heads. Close your eyes, if you would, please, right before we're dismissed. I know we're going to have some goodies out in the foyer there. The children will be coming over to join us. and It'll be good, but right now, right before we go, 
right before we go. I'm going to lead you in a congregational prayer. I normally don't close this way on a Sunday. I just say anybody that wants to receive Jesus, you know, when we dismiss, you come on up and these people will pray with you. But this morning I just feel led of the Spirit. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you just, just pray it after me. And everybody can pray it just to help those who, who may have never prayed this before. You need to realize this. A prayer in and of itself won't save you. But if you'll pray this prayer, and and there's no specific set of words that you have to say. It's all about the heart. But if you'll pray this prayer with a believing heart. I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm talking about your spirit, the real you down on the inside. of You're a spirit being. You possess a soul, live in a physical body. But if you'll believe this with your heart. When you pray it, Jesus will come in. The greatest gift of all. He'll come right in there, right, in your, into your, right into your spirit, right into your heart. And he'll change you. You'll miss hell one day and make heaven. And, and on top of that, he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. I don't mean you won't have any problems, but when you run into problems, now you'll have somebody that will never leave you nor forsake you that will be there to help you. His name's Jesus. Now say this. If you're ready to get saved, and if you're already saved, pray it to help those that, 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 that are praying it for the first time. Say, God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I realize I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. So I've come to receive your mercy and grace. I repent of my sins. I turn from my old life. I believe in my heart. That God has raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus come into my heart. I receive you now. You're the greatest gift of all. I receive you into my heart Jesus. And I make you the Lord of my life. And I'll serve you from this day forward. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, listen to me. It's important that once you pray that prayer. Now, you're saved right now. If you prayed that for the first time and you're saved, you're as saved as you're ever going to be right this minute. But it is important that you tell somebody about it. Okay? So when we dismiss as we're making our way out to get the goodies, what I'd suggest you do is come up here to the front and just tell one of these nice people, say, hey, I prayed that I received Jesus. And they'll rejoice with you and they'll share some things with you and, and kind of point you in the right direction and, and get hooked into a good local church and, and, uh, and, and serve God the rest of your, your days. You'll be so glad you did it, okay? And if maybe you're here and you need prayer for something else. Well, these people are up here to pray for that too. So, hey, thanks for coming today. We wish you a Merry Christmas. God bless you. Don't forget our candlelight service next Sunday morning.